What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Middle cough! Hey, behaves! Fourth. Pot of the week. Recording this on a Friday morning. Wearing our blue collars from Untucket. We, we are grinders guy. Yeah, Untucket.com. Uh, it's free, free actually, uh, pub right there. Not mm-hmm. getting paid for this week. No, but but we're wearing the shirt, so we give them the love. And I'm a pair of Nike shorts. A little chilly in my house. Yeah? A little yeah. chilly. Hey, at least the power's on. The power never went. You know, the, the, threats, the threats were strong, but uh, hollow threats. You know, like when the parents are like, I'll ground you for a year. That's basically what PG and E were doing to everyone. Everyone's just freaking out, except the people that, in theory, got grounded for a year that their power did get cut. That sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, what I was thinking is like I saw that um, Cal, the university, didn't have class yeah. on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. And their power went out like midnight Wednesday night. Their power did go out. And I was just thinking, like, if you are grind football coach, I think they're on a bye this week. But imagine if they had had a game and lost like a day of. Whatever, you, know what's, to... you know what's funny is that crossed my mind about the Niners. What if it hit in Santa Clara and Kyle Shanahan got 48 hours, no power? What do you do? Would like, what, what, the NFL is not going to be like, that's, that's a you problem, fellas. Well, they would just move. To, they would go to uh, Youngstown, Ohio is what they would do. S- seriously, guy, what would they do? They would go somewhere. They would get generators and fire up their film machines. How mad would Kyle be? You just drive somewhere where there's power, plug in at a local VC where Jed has some office space. It feels plug like all Bel- the laptops. It feels like Belichick would embrace that. Like he'd like that. He'd start like rolling chalkboards in and candles. Yeah, well, he'd be like, he he would probably take scissors. He's like, well, go cut the lines. You know, <laughs> get some bolt cutters, start cutting lines out there. Even if they're not cutting our power, shit, make the power cut. It, it, 
Like last night was a primetime game, but it felt more just like a, a practice for them. I do appreciate the Giants hanging in and giving me a reason to keep it on for a while, though. Well, part of it was like you tweeted, there's nothing better than rooting for a guy that's not supposed to score, that's giving everything possible to oh. score. It's got to be like, you know, the Donner party hiking up the mountain. Like you have no business. It's just like this is going to make the guy's career. He's going to be talking about it for the rest of his life. Yep. But if you don't get plays like that against the Patriots, a team like that, they, the game, because it was 21-14, and 14, so it felt close. But, but they it also really got one close. of those plays. But the Patriots get those plays, guy. Where the punter kicks it off the back of the head of one of his teammates. But that's because Belichick would probably say, we scheme that guy to push him back in. They also <laughs> yeah. got a, was it a fumble six? Like There w- weren't many offensive touchdowns. Well, Marcus Brady. Golden had the, that was a fumble six, right? Or was that a pick? It was a fumble. The Giants. The dude on the Giants. Yeah, it was yeah. a fumble. They God, crushed The Brady. worst is when those guys go down at like the one-yard line. I actually yelled out loud at the team, like, woo! Like one of those from Marcus Golden. What about Kyle Van Oy running it back? Does the offensive player reaches the ball out, hits the pylon? That's that's some dedication. Yeah, that's yeah. A pretty good little tandem. Uh, Van Oy and Ziggy Ansa have you know Ziggy's been hurt, but he he was clearly a pretty good player. Those two pretty good uh, studs for, coming from BYU guy. Ziggy Ansa's oh yeah that's right yeah he was only and Fred Warner leading tackler for the 49ers. Don't sleep on the BYU operation. They they no. uh, produce some tough guys. No, this podcast is brought to you by Ease. And easewellness.com, promo code HAM. That gets you 20% off, John. 20% off your first order. How do you beat that guy? Ease.com, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. You got your THC, you got your pre-rolls, you got your vapes. They got it all. They got your gummies. You got to love a good gummy. You want to go see the Joker? Go order a couple gummies. Oh, go right see here. the Joker. Might have to do that. Uh, well, a lot of football on. Maybe do save that for next week. But go check out the Joker with your uh, with your gummies. And if you, you got some aches and pains, you got some knee pains, I, you know, I don't know if it's legal for a guy like McGlinchey or, uh, or Usechek, but they could probably use some CBD I, if they are. Uh, Usechek should use easewellness.com, promo code HAM, and get some CBD, some of that lotion, put that thing on your knee guy, and make it all better really fast. Yeah. Maybe a face roller, whatever you got. Uh, you need the promo code HAM. 20 bucks off your first order. If you're already an Ease customer, then help us out. Share the promo code with your friends. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. The promo code there is HAM and the numeral one, HAM1. Uh, mybookie.ag will match your first deposit if you want them to with that promo code to activate that offer. With, uh, what are you seeing out there, John? Fastest payouts, well, well, better la- lines la- than any other sports book. <laughs> Last night it was 21 to 14. I tweet, as long as I Danny Dimes does not throw a pick, we're good. And uh, I didn't I didn't bet on the game, but I just know a lot of people were talking about the value was there plus seventeen. Next play, fumble six. Five minutes later, the Patriots score. It went from being a basically a tie game to a twenty one point blowout like that. A uh, couple things I'm seeing: Jaguars hosting the Saints. Jaguars minus one. You know, listen, the Saints are good, but. They're going to lose a Teddy Bridgewater game, right? They're not going to go 6-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. Or yeah. that's like the greatest fill-in backup quarterback stretch for a good team that we ever remember since, like, Foles. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I, I was waiting yeah. for you to say I, I, I would say, yeah, Foles, Foles the outlier because he just stayed the Colin guy. Colin Kaepernick. Right? And, yeah. yeah, something like a, a guy that's going to come back. That's what I mean. A guy mid-season. Gotcha. So gotcha. That, that's – you agree they – it would be – Matt Castle. 
but it would was, be an incredible. But that was a whole like an incredible yeah. upset if they run the table in all of Teddy Bridgewater starts, whether it's It'd six or seven. Yeah, he would he would have earned every penny of that seven seven and a half million they're making. Everyone's everyone whenever they talk shit about him, not last week because he was good, but I always support him. How about this guy? There's some really good Sunday games. We'll talk about it a little later. Eagles at the Vikings. Eagles are getting three points. Cousins, you know, their defensive backfield's not good. So it's not really a Dalvin Cook game. It's more of like, can, is Cousins going to light up the birds? But the game is in Minnesota. I kind of like the Eagles plus three. And uh, what was the other game that I like? Oh, Atlanta, Arizona. Uh, Dan Quinn, I don't know if you've noticed, might be in a little trouble. <laughs> Uh, but I do like the over here because the Falcons don't play much defense. The Cardinals clearly don't play much defense. The over-under is 51. It does kind of feel like Matt Ryan, this is a classic game where he's going to throw four or five touchdowns. Be like, everyone see? But also I could see Kyler Murray throwing some touchdowns. This has like 45 to 30 written all over it. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. By the way, speaking of that, uh, of that Falcons team, you know, I had a bunch of people DM me after our last podcast, which was out Thursday, which uh, that podcast is all still relevant. So don't feel like if you're hearing this one, but you missed that one, that one's old news. You, that one's got a bunch of stuff, too, in it. Um, but we were talking about Kyle Shanahan having a good uh, a good uh, receiver. Like, what would you what would he do with the number one? And so a bunch of people DM me Julio Jones's stats. From the they two were, years that Kyle they, Shanahan was the defense was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, how'd they look? Well, uh, so this is his. I've just pulled up Julio's stats right here. This is Kyle's third year here, right? So fifteen so he, he, and sixteen. He, he, yep, fifteen and sixteen. Is that right? Yep. So in fifteen, Julio Jones did this thing called leading the league in receptions and yards. That's pretty good. Yep. How many? A hundred and thirty-six catches, John. Pretty good season. How many yards? Uh, only eight touchdowns, though, so the ratio not great. How many yards? Uh, 1,871. That's a lot of yards gained. Do you think Hulu's had a pretty good career? <laughs> yeah. The next year, only played 14 games, had significantly fewer catches, 83, but still had 1,400 yards and still led the league in yards per game. How many touchdowns that year? Six. Gotcha. God, he's got enough. He had a lot of yards with Kyle. Is it, do you think that if we like went back and did like a deep dive, Kyle's pretty good at scheming guys like with some green grass to run, you know, or put them in positions. And I think Kit will talk to us about it. It's not just that he gets you wide open. It's that he puts you in a position where it's just you and one other guy sometimes on like a 20-yard radius island. So if you're like Kittle or Julio – you're going to fucking toss guys off you a lot of times, and then it's just, it's off to the races. That's, I think, the reason why people get so mad at, like, Pettis. Like, Jesus, Dante's he's giving you a touchdown. Just hold on to the ball. You know, some of these receivers are dying. Like, Hopkins is throwing, like, seven guys off him. You know, you're watching Devontae Adams, like, break eight tackles to get through guys. Pettis is wide open. Things are hitting him in his fingertips. And Kyle's just got to be like, I, I just stayed up two nights ago, fucking with Pearl Jam blasting, scheming this play at midnight on a Thursday when all my wife wanted me to do was come home and you drop the ball. That's why I could never be a coach because I, I would never forgive people for the work that I put well, in for other Jimmy's reaction was pretty uh, demonstrative too. On the Pettis drop? Yeah. Demonstrative. I mean, you could just tell he was talking some shit under his butt. Doesn't Pettis guy, I mean, he's a punt return. Does he have good hands? 
I've never seen this be an issue for him, but but it's clearly get, an issue. Do you think it's a little like uh, like having the yips or something? Might you know, be. Might, it's I mean, a, this he- one, it's a head thing. This is two games in a row. No, I guess it's not. Is it? No, he had the walk-off touchdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just talking about with a drop, but the touchdown earns you some earns you some equity. Uh, so what about this game, John? It's not Sunday night football, as we know, as we'd hoped. But uh, I'll tell you, I know there's been a lot of discussion about like the rivalry, and you made the point to me before. Well, how much of a rivalry is it really? I think this thing is now – I won't – we don't have to use the word rivalry, but it's it, – these games matter a lot, obviously – and the Rams have had the cool factor. The Niners are getting there. I don't think the result of this game or even the score of this game ultimately in the long run will diminish. Just that it feels like finally Kyle has a team that can compete with with McVay's. And even if the Niners were to lose this by 14, and that's not a prediction, I'm just saying, even in the worst-case scenario for the Niners, I think kind of what's building up here between these two teams will last. Because even if they lose, the Niners will be 4-1 and one with the second Rams matchup at home. You know what makes this state kind of unique is like when you think about the Northeast, like if you're from Pennsylvania, everyone's just from PA, right? Like Philly and Pittsburgh, they're not rivals. They're just like community members that don't live next to each other, but they all, they're all kind of together. You know, same thing. Like if you live in New York, it kind of encompasses everything. If you think about their rivals, right, are Philly versus New York versus Boston, where in California, it's really just kind of split into two. Like, our rivals are kind of our own state. Now, the college is Stanford, Cal, and UCLA, USC. But when I think Giants, Dodgers, and what everyone hopes now will become, like, Warriors, Lakers would be a rival if they were ever fucking good. I mean, the Kings were good for a second, and Sac and LA immediately became a rival. Like, there, there is, having gone to Cal Poly that was kind of split 50-50, even though we're... You and I, we've, you meet, you're friends with them. It's not like you hate them. But there is just, there's just kind of a difference in culture, even though I'd say the cultures have been kind of blended over now. But what makes this cool is them moving back to L.A., even if Kyle and McVeigh wouldn't have already had these connections, though they kind of do, right? They had worked for each other. McVeigh's grandpa was part of the architect with Bill Walsh. Kyle... You know that Kyle was a ball boy on the 94 team? <laughs> like, what a pretty cool experience at 15 years old uh, <laughs> to be around that that squad. They, I don't know. Yeah. They just had 11 All-Pros, won the Super Bowl. That had to be pretty cool. I get, and, Was there a picture of, of Christian McCaffrey and, uh, and what's Kyle? his name from Shannon Sharp going around the internet? I guess Christian when he was a kid. When Ed Shannon was holding him up or something? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I just Somebody told me that was going around the internet. Anyway. The, but you just... Like, you can't really make up some of these connections. Like, they're not like Del Rio, I'm just from Hayward, right? They're like, I literally was around the team. Like, I was, this team is part of my life. It's part of my family's resume. And you do need for a rivalry to take place. That's why the one thing with the Giants-Dodger rivalry, like, I understand it. And baseball rivalry is more about because you play each other when you're in the same division so many times. Have they ever played each other like in our lifetime in the playoffs? Definitely no, not like of so. my adult life, you know. So it's like the it is a rivalry, but what took like the Yankees Red Sox rivalry to the fucking next level is they were playing like back to back years in the ALCS. Like to me, in my in my lifetime, I don't think the Giants Dodgers rivalry sniffs the Yankees Red Sox rivalry because they've had historic moments in the playoffs. 
And like when you think about the Patriots, their rivals over the years are really playoff teams, you know, playoff games. So what would make this in a perfect world, like this rivalry is kind of, it feels like it's about to get started because now the Niners are good. And this is a great start. Like I'm excited for this. But hopefully in the next, you know, big picture, and when I say big picture, I'm just talking like immediate next five years. We get a couple playoff games with these two teams, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, right? That's what, to me, like your rivals are good during the season, but when you play each other in a game for all the fucking marbles, then you never look back. If we can get a playoff game guy, whether that's a wild card game, a second round game, because it, it's it's already kind of a built-in rivalry just geographically, but these guys play in the playoffs in the next three or four calendar years, hopefully sooner. Like I wouldn't mind like this year. You know, if the Niners were like the three seed and they were the six seed or vice versa, I'm, that would amplify it by what? Like tenfold? We'd never look back. Yeah. Th- that, that's what you need. What do you think the biggest right now? Um, if you if I said Niners Rams, what's just the biggest thing that feeds a potential rivalry? What is it to you? Well, it's just the, beside the geographical where they where they play, and just the way the fans think. Well, include that too. I what what do you I, I would the say biggest, that, like, that that's the biggest creation see, feel, to a rivalry. Just Northern California, Southern California. Yeah, I just mean right now. What is the biggest part of this? I'd say that I'd say the head coaches. Yeah. One guy's one guy's viewed as the as Bill Walsh Jr. and he's not the San Francisco guy. It's McVeigh, and he's earned it. You know, his two years have been unreal. And then Kyle, who, you know, this has been a topic on our show for a year now. Like, we keep saying this guy, if there was a coaching draft, he would go way higher than his record. And we were like, I think he'd go, like, top six, you know. Now he's starting to establish, like, yeah, it's where he'd go. But he's got to win some, like, he's 4-0. McVay's been, like, 13-3 and guy. McVay's been 12-4. and So can Kyle, you know, you got to finish this thing out and, it's already he's already been hit with a couple curveballs this week losing some guys so like this would be a game where the shine whether McVay were to miss the playoffs this year and go like eight and eight he's still Sean McVay his resume is pretty fucking impressive like Kyle I'd say winning this game as a as an underdog with all these injuries would be a pretty big wow like because he had a wow moment to his career like he gets a lot of wow moments that go viral like look at that play Kyle's a genius. But I think we we all know that, right? Like, that's just Kyle now. He gets, and he's been, like you said, he's been getting that, and I wrote this in my article. We've been talking about him as an elite play caller well before he ever showed up here, mm-hmm. right? He was being called that, like, in what he did with Washington. When I was in Philly, and they just changed their offense overnight and ran the zone read pistol with Robert Griffin, it was like, he got a lot of credit for that. And he was a big part with Kubiak when they were kind of setting records with Arian Foster in that running game, and then you realize, no wonder Kyle's so good at the running game. Like, he's been around his dad, Kubiak. Like, he knows what he's doing. I think now it's more for him, and this is what we talked about coming into the season, just win, just winning big games. Like, we know guy Kyle can dial shit up that's like, people talk about him like he's Lincoln Riley of the NFL. Like, he's that's, that's, he, that's established. It's now just, like, part of what makes Lincoln get media HJs all the time is that, he does all this crazy shit, and then he goes to the playoffs every year. All right? He's kicking the shit out of everybody. It's, it's a double whammy. So Kyle just needs to add that to his resume. Like, 
make the playoffs three of the next four years. And then it's just, and then you'll just be talking about like Andy Reid, you know? That's like Andy Reid and Sean Payton don't just get, we know they're going to dial up sweet plays, but we also know they're going to win. That's why they're just viewed as great coaches. Yeah. Well, look, I think if we flip the script that we've had to this point, because it hasn't been that long, but right now we're still in the era where, I shouldn't even call it an era, we're still in this period of time where, even if someone wanted to argue for Kyle over McVeigh, you'd just say, you know, that's you can't, given the level of success that McVeigh was just in the Super Bowl as a head coach, and Kyle's four and zero, we can't really have this conversation. When you say we need like five years and then look at both resume and then judge, yeah, well, it depends. Like I would say, even three years from now, which I guess in the t- totality is five six years. In three years from now, if the Niners have won the division twice, you'd go, okay, wait a second. That's a fair conversation. Hell, if they win the division this year, which I don't think either one of us is predicting quite yet, but if they were to win the division this year... There's also that other team that plays out no, in the I, Well, exactly. No, no <laughs> doubt, we which is why no one's forget, predicting it yet. We can't forget about them. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's that crazy that you look back and go, okay, you can have that conversation. And, you know, you, obviously, Sean's been to the Super Bowl, so... Even a couple division titles doesn't and mean And he's won the division just, twice. And, and won, won playoff the, games. So it doesn't mean, like... But I'm just saying it would, you would be allowed to have that conversation at that point. And then the other part of it is, for all of the negativity that to this point has come with Kyle being the guy in charge of player personnel, and it hasn't been all negative, especially now that Joey Bosa's balling. But Nick. three... Nick Bosa. I haven't done that in a while. Um in three crazy. years, I don't, even, I don't even think about Joey anymore. I don't, I don't either. In three years, if the 49ers are good and have been good for a two, three, four year period, all of a sudden that will add to what Kyle brings to the table. Now, he might argue, well, you know, actually, as time's gone on, I've let John make more of that, whatever, who knows. But I, they, they also not, didn't come in like in defense of Kyle. Like Kyle's like, yeah, I was hired as the grand poobah. Sean McVay was a 31 year old guy that they kind of took a shot on. That is one thing that's been forgotten a little bit, right? Is the expectations the, when the guy got the job. But uh, Kyle was much more of a highly touted pro- coaching prospect. It was pretty nuts when Sean McVay was hired. Yeah, I think that's part of his story. Is like, yeah, us like millennials were like, God, that's fucking pretty nuts. I thought it was nu- I thought it was insane. Now, in fairness to my hot take that I thought I actually thought it was a terrible hire. I knew nothing about the guy. <laughs> Yeah, I really didn't. So it was probably unfair for me to make some, you know, grand statement. But he's bl- he blew everyone out of the water, right? They they hired him to like just make them a credible franchise. He turned them into a powerhouse, and it was clear like this guy was a big guy. Their quarterback could not take center uh, quarterback center exchanges, and he had this guy just like throwing dimes. Now we knew Goff, it, it just he wasn't a village idiot. Like he'd figure it out. But I also think what works in McVeigh's benefit is, I'll give you one. If you gave 32 teams, let's say the, the Kyle McVeigh, 32 GMs, they had to pick between Kyle McVeigh, it'd still probably be 20 to 12 or something, McVeigh, Kyle. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think it should be. Yeah. He's proven more, probably, you know, the rep on Kyle, and he's this earned. You know, he can be a little pricklier. Like, that is the rep on McVeigh is like, God, he's just a fucking great guy. <laughs> you know, he is the type of guy you want to work with. So, I, hell, if I was a GM, I'd be like, yeah, kind of like hanging with Sean, you know. Uh, but here's the big Well, because one. I get to be a GM. Kyle wants player personnel control. Yeah, big. that that's also plays a part. 
What if we did the quarterbacks? Every 32 teams had the number one pick, and but they're only two, they had to pick between Jimmy and Jared. Would you say that it'd be 50-50? Well, Would Jared get more picks? I mean, Jared was a second overall, a first overall pick. Jimmy was not. I do think we can throw some of that out. They're both we know, definitely mid can. to late 20s. I'm just saying, like, I'm if not you sure. did it, but if you if you went back, you did it over again. He wouldn't be the number one overall pick. No, but he'd be two. He'd be two. Yeah. You know, so I, that is to say, I think you'd probably get over fifty percent. But I'd also go if we went back to Jimmy's draft. Where would Jimmy go? He'd go in top five. Totally. Right? Yeah, he would. I. I. I think would, right now you'd would get Jimmy over, go. Would Jimmy go one if you went back and looked at the draft? Yeah, I mean, he's a quarterback. So. I'm just yeah. over fifty percent. I think more than half of them would take golf. Th- th- that's where I was going with. Yeah. So I'd say I'd say kind of like Kyle McVeigh. You could argue it might be a little higher just because it's safer. I think there's still a lot of unknown. So let's say golf would be like twenty-two to ten or something, and that this could change dramatically in the next couple of years. So Hell, you John, go, it could ch- it could change in eight weeks. Easily. I mean, it could, it could change by the end of the year. But kind of like back to Kyle and McVeigh, you know, like part of being able to have like a take on Aaron Rodgers is we got 10 years of evidence, you know, or, or Peyton Manning or anything. Like yeah, these guys are relatively yeah. new. Yeah. Now, I'd argue that Kyle is less new. Like Kyle's been on the scene now as a play caller for probably close to a decade. Now, you'd have to really dive into Washington. Like, was his dad letting him call the plays? And I think he was. Like, McVay's really only been calling plays for like three and a half years, you know? And then I think if you really dove in, was Jay letting him call all the plays when McVay was the quote-unquote OC? So th- there's a newness to all this. But I think what, what helps right now is that it's not like Brady Manning because it's not really the quarterbacks despite – Goff being a $110 million guy and Jimmy making over 70 guaranteed. So they got combined about $181 million in guaranteed money. The coaches are still this, – this is what's great and makes, I think, the NFL so special. Like in the NBA, it's players. In baseball, it's kind of like franchises. In football, it like encompasses players, franchises, and their coaches in the television show that we want to call it play are major characters right yeah major characters and these guys are kind of the young hotshot characters in that role yeah and do you know the other thing like when i watch their press conferences they're just kind of they're just different than a lot of older guys they, they're open about injuries like mcveigh was they asked about todd Gurley a couple days ago when he missed practice he missed practice all week and he's like yeah it's his right quad and this is a guy that's, you know, probably, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but if he does play, he's got a right quad injury. So you're saying <laughs> you I know? should know that if I'm Quan Alexander? Well, yeah, I'm just saying that's not something the the Belichick, Del Rio, like they don't, which is like, yeah, he's got, a, they, we all kind of know, you know, yeah. he got hit in the quad. We know what the injury is, you know? I do think that's part of the attraction. The game's changed. I don't this. know if you tell like the uh, Jack Tatum eras. I, I understand keeping it quiet back in the day. Like yeah, me and Joe yeah, Green yeah. would try to take your leg off. Right. Well, you tape both ankles so they wouldn't know which one was hurt. Yeah, wait. Your nickname's Mean Joe Green? <laughs> you know, I would, would you mess with that guy? Yeah, how, wait. Mean Joe Green, what is he, like six foot? Yeah, he's actually 6'5", 320. He's got the hands the size of a room. Yeah, I, I, I would have kept quiet, too. I think part of what makes this matchup kind of fun is that this week – 
is that neither guy is playing with a full deck either. You know, like part of this matchup is can you overcome some of your own shortcomings and elevate your team? Obviously, for the Niners, it's two tackles and use check, which is outrageous. And a starting corner. Even yeah, though E Man makes plays. E Man. <laughs> whose is, hand is Richard not going to shake this week? Why well, was. Do you see Richard was like, yeah, I kind of owe an apology, but I'm not talking about it anymore? Yeah, yeah. Is that Robert Sala said earlier this week, like, you guys can say the Rams are coming back to earth, but I watch them on tape. Like, they're still scoring points. Because from his perspective, yeah, they're not running the ball as well, but they're fucking throwing it all over the yard. I don't, I'm with them. Like, you, you, you guys want to try to cover Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, this uh, Gerald Everett out of nowhere? Oh, yeah, this Tyler Higby guy? They're not, they're not a bunch of scrubs, guys. Well, if you watch, especially if you watch their Seahawks game. He's throwing like I, four different guys. Well, I think I saw J.B. Long tweet that, like, the PFF grades from that game like seven guys had the best games of the season. Like in terms of those guys, like offensive skill guys, maybe it included defensive guys too. I don't know, but like a bunch of guys had fantastic games. So I, if you told me you got to go score, even with the Niners defense, you know, 34 points to win this game. What? Well, I, I think that wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think Gerald Everett is a good example. Cause when I say, if I would have said Gerald Everett two years ago, you'd be like, who? They drafted him a couple years ago in 2017 in the second round. He is a six foot three, 240 pound guy that ran a two, a four five eight. The guy can fly, but the last couple years, like, what were you going to do? Not hand it to Gurley? Now you lose a guy. You're like, well, we do have this other player that I don't know is was drafted in the second round for a reason. Smaller school guy, South Alabama, UAB like transfer. So it took him a little bit, because I'm watching the last couple weeks, guy, and 81 makes fucking plays. And it, it, it shouldn't be that crazy, because they drafted him so high. I remember when they did, texting around, like, who is this guy? And people were like, yeah, we liked him. <laughs> like, this guy was a legitimate prospect. And you're watching him play, you're like, is he just as talented as, like, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? Yeah, he is, because he can fly. So, like, it's Kwaski mm. Tart or Jimmy Ward. Like, this guy's a tough cover. Mm. And they... They just are pretty equipped on offense with with just dudes, you know. Because clearly Robert Woods, who I may or may not have compared to Reggie Wayne in a draft meeting, you know, was just slow to adapt and didn't play well in Buffalo. But it's pretty clear he's comfortable playing in L.A. Like he's a high – what would the Niners do to have Robert Woods on their team? You know, They, they would die to have that guy. Hell, they they thought they were like that was what they wanted, like Pettis, you know. And Should've. Cooper Cup is. Would you say it's safe to say Edelman still holds the crown right now, best slot guy in the league? Cooper Cup, top three or four slot guy in the league. Whatever I watch Cup, them play, is Cooper Cup one of the top receivers in the league? Just well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I I think it's somewhat hard. Like, can you compare Julian Edelman to Devonte Adams? Well, but Cooper's t- like Cooper Cup is six two. He is. He's taller than Edelman. He's bigger. But he does most of his work in that. You're right. He is taller than I thought. Yeah, he's, he's hmm. good. Hmm. 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 Wonder what's happening here. Hmm. W- would you? I mean, guy, he's got 41 catches. That's what I'm saying. Played. I think he's one of the better receivers in the league. I know you're not saying that he's not per se, but you're I, just stereotyping. I, maybe I am. Because how many games have they played? Five? 
if you do the math, 41 yeah. – what's he on pace for? About 300 catches this season? <laughs> I mean, he's legitimately on pace for well over 100. How many does he have he, right now? 41? He has 41 through five games. Well, so, John, he's going to – I mean, he's got to be one of the leaders in – who leads the NFL? I mean, it, shit, it might be him. It might be. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just – racism. He's got more John. catches than he had last year already, and he played. Well, he, tore, every- he, tore, he tore his ACL. Well, that's what I thought, but I'm looking at his stats. Says he played in every game last year. He tore his ACL. I don't know when he tore his ACL, but I thought it was well, relatively. Yeah, early. It's, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It, this, is it not, this does not say he played in every game last year. Yeah, no, you're right. He played in eight games last year. I was looking at his jersey number 18. I'm like, damn, he played all 18 games. So who leads the league in catches right now? Well, I mean, if ESPN stat page could be any shittier, I tell you, it's, <laughs> it's not him. But uh, I'll he's second. Right it's, it's Michael Thomas. Okay. So Michael Thomas is forty-five. He is forty-one. Did you see number Edelman's, eighty? Edelman's got thirty-eight. Now he's got six games. Who, did you see number eighty from the uh, uh, Patriots post game last night, Thursday night? <laughs> I did the, not expect that. I didn't either. First, I swear to God, I glanced at the TV and I'm like, "You thought it was Amendola too?" I swear. Fuck, is that is that even Noah? I thought for a split second. But like, his name's like How did they Olshinsky? get Amendola? How did they get Amendola back and no one knew about the guy, he's not just your changed Shinsky. his name, put him on so he doesn't they don't have to pay him the veterans minimum. He has Vaughn, the dude from Major League, basically his hairdo. He had a Bass Pro uh, hat on. He yep. had an enormous chew. Yep. And are you still allowed to call them white nope. beaters or whatever whatever they're called? Are you not? Or undershirt? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what what you'd wear them for. Tuck, I, tucked I into jeans. I've never yeah, understood that either. Like, I wear I wear the undershirt mostly for the armpit sweat to keep it off my overshirt. See, I don't wear an undershirt because I can't afford to get like extra little bulk. You know. I, oh, I understand. So you tuck it tight, and then you tuck it tight, and it like it gives you the belly button like uh, uh, under like hole shadow. Well, well, you know what I think like Saban does. Is he wears like a schmedium, like dry fit, the kind of, you know, like Kim Kardashian wears like a bodysuit? That's gotcha. the equivalent of that. I just get to Oh, you're hot. saying he wears it tight. Yeah. I think he wears like a tight undershirt, but yeah, it keeps yeah. him skinnier on game day. You know? Right. But what, but what that does is it gives you some of that belly button shadow. Do you give Belichick uh, some credit last night? Because it, it was not warm and he was not wearing long sleeves. Like, do you think he was just. He was born and bred to thrive in the Northeast, that, that yeah, climate. I think some people are just hot-blooded. Like, if he was an animal, he, he would have been meant for, like, the cold, uh, you know, areas. Like, he's not a yeah. desert animal. Yeah, he's a bear. He's yeah, a bear. he's a, a bear or, yeah, something just like a, a goat in, in the Himalayas. Where I, I would be like a, I, I'd be like a jaguar or something in the heat. But I wouldn't be a jaguar. I'd be much slower and less violent. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe Cooper Cup's one of the better receivers in the league. You'd be a hip-hop anonymous. Well, those are pretty violent. Um, I, 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 how do they cover all these guys then, guy? Because I've now underestimated and see where uh, Robert Sala's coming from. Like, they got Robert Woods, they got Cooper Cup, they got Gerald Everett, and they still got a bunch of running backs that he can scheme open and a really good quarterback. Like, their offense is pretty potent. That's why I've even – I said at the beginning of the season, like, they might come back to earth a little bit. But I thought it was more defensively, like offensively, they're going to score. Po- they're going to score points. That's what their coach does. They just their personnel's they, good. They just got to get the golf if they're going to have a chance. Would they have won the Super Bowl if Cooper Cup hadn't tore his ACL? 
Right, a better chance. Looking back, it's a pretty big blow. He's clearly Goff's guy. Well, because he had 40 catches through eight games last year then, which was pretty good. Is Cooper Cup a Hall of Famer? I mean, Eastern, I'm kind of kidding. Washington Hall of Fame. He's going to have a very, very productive career, is he not? Well, I mean, they win a Super Bowl. He keeps this up. Do they pay him this offseason? Second rounder is going to be up for a contract extension. Do you let him play out? He just builds up more of a resume? I, I think you got to keep him somehow, some way. You probably just you like the Patriots, right? You get this good. You just have to pick a couple guys that you get to keep. The thing is, though, like Edelman Didn't takes we have somewhat this? discounts. I swear to God, we had this conversation about him and like Woods and who you keep in the offseason or something about how you pick guys. Or I'm getting deja vu talking about this right now. Well, I, I'm keeping Gerald Everett. He's another guy. I like that guy, too. You might you pay him, right? Yeah. You might you need to say bye-bye, right Robert. But you like Robert. You know, and he well, likes being in L.A. He Maybe he'll just call. I could see him calling the charge. Like, hey, guys, can I come to you? Robert Woods like, is be like not Joe Girardi. Like, I'll manage the other team in New York. Well, if I'm Robert Woods, I look How at How like about four, the Rays? No. I look at like four teams. The Chargers, the Rams. I go to the Cardinals, but you got to overpay. Raiders, same thing. And the yep. Niners. Like, I stay in that little bubble. That would be my bubble. Seahawks? I ain't leaving. A little cold Pete. up there for me. But yeah, Pete, SC, you can go do some fight-on videos, I'm sure. Uh, you know what the over-under on this game is? I would guess 57. No, see, I would. that's what I would have thought, too. It's 50 and a half. Well, the Niners have one of the best defenses in the league. I think you'd look and go, well, the Niners, if you like the Rams in this game, are they going to struggle to score a little bit because they're missing some of these offensive guys? Like, is it safe to say the Niners are due for like a 28 to 10 ass whooping just with all these injuries or no? I mean, that's the great te- – that's – You look different if they just get their ass kicked on Sunday? No. That, and that, that was my point when we started is like the Rams have lost two games in a row. They need this game. Um, Niners are 4-0. They're down two tackles and use check. But uh, they if, are going to be down that next week. Right. Well, I understand, but this is the right. Like, I, I just think the Rams are. They have such a high ceiling, and they're in a kind of. It's a divisional game. They need it. I will not. If the Niners, if this is a you know twenty four to ten game for the Rams, I'm not going to change too much of what I think about the Forty ers The problem is going to be there is going to be a narrative out there if they let's say lose this game by double digits and get outplayed, even though like you said. On paper, they should get outplayed. Teams got their back against the wall at home, defending NFC champs who, even though their best player is not the same anymore, we just went through it, they're still fucking pretty loaded. You go, well, okay, you lose, you're 4-1. and one. Then let's say you rattle off like two of the next three, you're 6-2. and two. And if you're 6-2, and two, you you know probably have a top five or six record in the NFL, right, after eight games. Yeah. Their wins would be against the Bucks, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Redskins, Panthers or Cardinals. Yeah, right? I so know. But that's the matter. There would be the, we've talked. But there just would be questions out there, and we think they're fair. Yeah, and that would be fair. They would definitely be fair. But that's what we've talked about this year, too. You were bad last year. Take advantage of it. This is where you can be not as good as both of the other teams in your division ahead of you, but the math can work in your favor because of your schedule. The, the Niners could make the playoffs guy more than likely with, with like winning one of the Rams-Seattle games, just one of them. One of the and four. One of the four. Oh. Yeah. And like 
So that would be three losses. They could lose the Packers, and they could lose so go the three, Saints. So that go would three be five three losses. And, three and three in the division is what you're saying. They could go 11-5 and five and lose to the Packers, the Saints, yeah, and three games to the Rams, Seattle. Think about Win that. Win both against Arizona, yeah. What would we be saying about them? We be do the what they had to do. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be a win considering where they've been. But but part of what you talk, part of what we're talking about here, like if they're not going to lose twenty four to ten, if they're going to win on Sunday, or if they're going to have a chance to win without use check, obviously it's about Kyle. But this is also a potential Jimmy G game. Now we've talked about him a lot, right? Like, oh, he's made some great throws, made some great throws, and he threw for almost three hundred yards in the Bengals game. And the beauty of this defense is he doesn't have to carry him, but. If they win Sunday, don't you think it will be partly a Jimmy G game? Like this, this will be one of those games where you go, okay, that was a big step in the career of Jimmy Garoppolo just because of what they're missing on offense. That it's more than make five sweet throws, but like really be the guy, or are they just going to be able to run the ball anyway? That's part of my question. Feels like it's going to be a little harder to run the ball. You're missing two tackles and use check. So. To assume that they're going to run for 150 yards, I think, is a crazy assumption. Like, it, it, it should be, if the Rams are who we think they are, it should be a difficult task to run for 100 yards. So to beat them, I'm not saying you have to go to Sean Watson last week, five touchdowns, but I think Kyle wouldn't mind, even in a loss, if Jimmy's going toe-to-toe and kind of keep him in this game, right, and throws for three touchdowns, almost 300 yards, one of those type, you know, 30 30 type attempts, you know, maybe like a 22 or 30, three touchdowns. I would say in, in this game, assuming they're not going to be able to run the ball as much and control the clock, this would be a good time for Jimmy not to have one of those. Oh my God, is it the worst interception I've ever seen? Pick six with Marcus Peters high stepping it. No one's chasing him down and hitting him at the goal line. Yeah, I, I would just, if you told me Jimmy goes pickless in this game, I'll say the Niners have a very good chance of winning. You can still win with, that, with him throwing a pick. They probably just need about four touchdowns. And not like they're, throwing they're a pick not, doesn't guarantee him anything. 100%. Like, let's just throw the Steeler game as an all-time anomaly. I mean, that's, you don't see that very much just in the NFL, right? Five turnovers in a game or in college or in high school. Like, that's unheard right. of. So, yeah, I just think that I'm, I, I am fascinated, guy, to watch Jimmy this weekend because – He's a franchise quarterback. They're paying him a shitload of money. And this feels like the game they're kind of going to lean on him a little bit. Like, you know what? We've seen now the, the Rams have to lean on Goff several times. And he's lost a couple, but he's won a couple too. Like, I, if I'm the Rams, I, I have a lot of faith that if I have to in whatever the situation calls for, lean on, I got 50 seconds, one timeout, I'm down four. Like, that guy can lead me. Mm-hmm. You know? He, he's, that's where I think, go back to our Goff-Jimmy thing, It'd probably be a lot higher on Jared. Just you have way more information. It's such a safer pick. Like it'd probably be like twenty-five to seven or something. It, it you know, and maybe three of those would be like Josh McDaniels and people that know him. Yeah, and then like an Andy that likes a more mobile quarterback. You know, just I, I think a lot of people would go. Think of all the defensive head coaches; they'd all go Jared Goff, wouldn't they? Every single one in the league would go with him. Like Pete Carroll's, you know, who would Kyle that have seen him make? Just who would Kyle pick? You know. (laughs) Well, I think he would take golf. I think he would too. I think he would too. And that's not even a shot at Jimmy. Like you said, 
we're acting like Jared Goff's just like Gardner Minshew, who also well, is pretty good. We're, we he's said, the number one pick in the draft. Ugh. We talked about this last week, though. It's not even about him being the number one pick. This whole Goff got the contract over, like, if you want to be Goff is overrated guy, you go f- try and find yourself another quarterback. I'll take Jared Goff any day of the week. What about that same conversation with Jimmy? I think Jimmy's, what if I'm John Middlecoff and I go, Haberman, you, let's say you like the Niners, you like Jimmy. I, I think Jimmy's overrated. What's your response? He might be. <laughs> you see, that's yeah. No, he might be. But I like him. I I think like we we have both staked our claim to we have got we we would have paid Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll ride with him. And he's your best. You got to do it. And he's got real upside potential and all that stuff. But you just keep going back to you cannot replace having seen it, having the information. I have could seen you, Jared. Could Gull. you go back to those five game stretch? It'd be like you just had a terrible divorce. You know, you'd been down in the dumps for like a year. All of a sudden, like you're just in like an airport, and you meet this gorgeous girl. You start talking; she likes you, and then like two weeks later, you just go to Hawaii with her for like f- three weeks, and it's just like, did I just meet this model who's in love with me? Like, not it. It, it just overwhelmed us all those five weeks. I'd well, never get, seen anything, John. Like that. And you get engaged immediately. Yeah, then then you get married, and then like, you realize, wasn't he like, just did he just get divorced? Yeah, th- then you realize like, ah, you know, she's got some flaws. You know, she's got some flaws, but then she has some moments. You're like. But it's never quite that initial meet, and when you went on that vacation or she staycation at your house, whatever it was, it's probably not gonna be like that. Those highs, part of it was because of your lows. The highs maybe felt a little bit better because, like, when you do go back and look, you're like, well, they barely kind of beat the Texans, and the Bears were really terrible. Like, but at the time, I remember watching it. So do you, and so does everyone around this area. It was fucking fireworks, you know, and it wasn't like. Maybe as crazy as it felt now looking back, like a little overhyped. Well, but, but he, he was doing be, some shit that was good. So, and he might be better today if he never tears his ACL and he's just played a full season as a Niner. Have you you've seen the movie The Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller, right? Uh, Where he gets married, like kind of a short. I don't think it was a shotgun marriage, but I don't think they knew each other that well. And they're driving that he go they go down to Mexico and he eventually finds a different girl down in Mexico. But they're in the car driving down and. He starts learning all this stuff about her. Just she's nuts. She's insane. Yeah. You, and you ma- and he's, I haven't. And he's married to her. And he's married to her. And she, yeah, she's crazy. Great movie. Wow. See, there there is some of that. Yelp clearly with Kyle. That it was really good. Everyone felt good. It was universal praise from Haberman Middlecoff, from ESPN, from 49ers players, from Kyle. It was like God, we got something. And then. Even last year, I think probably training camp was good, but that torn ACL and the way he tore it, like trying to run a guy over, Kyle's like, was that RG3? What the fuck's he doing? <laughs> and then coming back from the ACL, this training camp would be the equivalent of being in that car hearing all these crazy shit about her. Like, I, Kyle, and I don't blame him, it crossed his mind several times over the last 12 months, the buyer's remorse, right? Now, that doesn't mean he he doesn't have times where he goes, well, I don't totally regret it. Like, he doesn't feel like he's married to some criminal or something but it just all happened fast it really did right have you in the history of the league you could argue history of sports especially given the economic impact it would have to be like over the last 10 years someone get traded to you midseason who is a free agent and it's not like in the nba and baseball where you see like 
prime players like CeCe Debathia just, we didn't have that much information on the guy. And then he was just fucking incredible. It, it's it happened really an all-time fast, outlier and then situation. He disappeared. It happened fast. You got mar- you you signed him, and then he gets hurt immediately. You're like, well, well, oh my god, what now? And wouldn't you say the buyers? At, well, he gets at- hurt after you're like, ah, oh, that game was okay. That game in Minnesota was well, got lucky. That interception got called back, right? There had to be some of that with that pick six because I'll never forget that that feeling when he threw a pick six against the Lions. And the Niners, who clearly were overhyped last year, they would not have been a playoff team if Jimmy Garoppolo had played the full season. Can we agree on that? Yeah. But that pick six against the Lions, after the after the Vikings game, well, tough opponent, skull on the road. Wait, which was the one that got called back? The Lions Well, one, no, the Vikings, the Vikings. The Vikings game, he threw some picks, but they were just getting their ass kicked most of the game. That's pick right. six. He, I think he threw a pick six, or he definitely threw a pick in that game. Maybe a pick six, but it didn't impact the win. The Lions game, they had kind of been kicking their ass. Then the Lions kind of came back, and then it was like a four-point game, and they were just trying to kind of run up the clock, but there was enough time they had to get some first downs. Jimmy threw a fucking pick six on the sideline, and everyone in in the greater Northern California area thought that Jimmy Garoppolo had just lost the game and they had started 0-2. What was the penalty? I think it was like defensive holding or something. Okay, so it could have affected the play. It the worst is when it's like on a quarter, it's it like was something throw, where it felt the like they got lucky. It's like, oh, hands to the face, away from the play. You're like, oh god, that was it, a real pick. It might have been that. Like, I, okay. I don't think it was defensive holding on the guy that had the pick. Yeah, I do remember that. Like, Jimmy threw a fair and square pick. Now, I, this the, is he's one of those guys where I think the 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 excitement, the anticipation, the projection, all that stuff was legit. I also think all the questions have been legit. Like I don't think this thing has gotten as because we've kind of we were on board with the with the pay him stuff. I don't think it's gotten too far away either way. By the same token, when people started freaking out in the preseason, I thought that was legit. We just haven't seen a lot, and that's what we go back to with golf. It's like well, I've co- seen him over and over again. Yeah, that's it, all. It, I've seen him a bunch, and I and I like him a lot. Well, and like once he had. Wouldn't you say his, like, all those picks moment for Jared Goff's career was that Jeff Fisher season when he couldn't take snaps and people Uh, were making fun of him and people thought, like, he had no business playing in the NFL? Like, he was like a – it'd be like asking, like, a fifth grader to read at, like, a college level. It was just asking him to do – but it just took him a little longer. And then once he figured it out, he's been fine. This is where Greg Papa would say, we just have to watch the games. It takes time. We just have to let it play out. And he'd be right. Yeah, and I'd say, Greg, we do a fucking talk show, so we got to say well, something. No, well, of course, but I'm just – we still <laughs> no, say what we believe, and I, and I think it's true. Like, it's easy to forget that we had a year where we thought Jared Goff was a disaster. Well, th- this and, is the- and, and that's why I say right now, John, I'm really confident that in three years Jared Goff will be much better than – like, this is not Jared Goff for the next ten years. Like, I think he's going to just keep getting better with his coach. I, I, I would – Hot take there. Unless McVay leaves or quits, which he sure doesn't feel like that's for the happening Reds, for the Redskins job anytime soon. What about the Falcons? Uh, <laughs> the, why wouldn't Jared Goff like have a better career than Philip Rivers or Matt Ryan? Like you just look at his coach; he's going to have stability, and those guys are viewed as like fringe Hall of Fame guys who've had a ton of success that we all, you and I, both view as really good players. Like Jared Goff's career when it's all like that that's where I think the difference is with Jimmy. I can't make any concrete statement. Like I I don't even know. I, I can't even begin to guess. Right? Can you? No, 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 you're right. It's just it's much harder. Like I 
Jared Goff's going to be Matt Ryan, worst case. I'm betting on him being better because, like you said, he's going to get better. They have a ton of weapons. His greatest strength is his head coach is also his play collar. You know, it's like, well, do you think Mahomes ever going to fall off? Well, you realize when Favre kind of went through some shit because Mike Holmgren left. I, I promise you, Andy ain't leaving for the Seahawks. Like, this is Andy's last job. So, if Andy leaves, that's a problem. But then you better believe, like, Nagy would be like, let me out! <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, but also part of it is when do you do you leave when the guy is still kind of early in development, or do you leave at a point where he's already become the star that he maybe might not have been without you, and now he's ready to handle a lesser coach? You know? So. Yeah. The difference, I mean, when Holmgren left far, if he had won three MVPs and been to a couple Super Bowls. So, you know, these guys haven't been there. But Jared Goff... I think it's fair to say right now, Jared Goff's just a better football player, you know? And I would have said a year ago, I wouldn't have said that coming into the season. So things change fast. They could change by money by Sunday night if Jimmy balls out and leads the 49ers to a win. 100%. All right, this podcast also brought to you by Roman. GetRoman.com slash ham. GetRoman.com slash ham. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually people just brush it off or say things like, I lost my mojo, or the most popular way to handle adversity, avoid it altogether. But with Get Roman, you don't have to do any of that, John. Guy, you never want to lose your mojo. And uh, we don't want you guys to lose your mojo, guy. Uh, Not you, guy. Well, maybe you wouldn't have to tell me. You just go to GetRoman.com slash ham. The doctor will work with you and get the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you. And here's the key, guy. Free two-day shipping. We love free shipping. Anything. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. That's the key word, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash ham and complete the online visit, guy. You got to love these online doctors. Game has a change. GetRoman.com slash ham. GetRoman.com slash ham. Also, podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. Woo! Ticketing websites make it really difficult. SeatGeek is not one of the ones that makes it hard. SeatGeek makes it easy. Download the app or just use the website. Download the app, use the promo code HAM, and you get 10 bucks off your first purchase. If you've already used the promo code, share it with somebody else because odds are somebody you know is buying tickets to go to something sweet. I'm just looking right now. I uh, typed in 49ers. It was 49ers Seahawks Monday night game early November. I'm going to have to look into that. We got Rams, 49ers. Boom. You want to go to that game? We got an LA listeners or people that are bored. Like, you want to do something this weekend? You can get in there because the Coliseum's so big. Guy, we got actually, that's Los Angeles Rams. I was looking. I was like, God, oh, those are pretty cheap tickets. Uh,. You keep what you, what John's looking for while he's looking is for the big green dots. The little red dots are bad. The big green dots. Are I'm, good. I'm just trying to find the Coliseum. You can get in right now doing. for just doing the ad while you do it. Yeah, download the SeatGeek app. Pretty pretty expensive to get some uh, some you know center fifty yard line t- tickets about five hundred fifty bucks. But if you want to go sit a little ten higher, bucks off get, though. Yeah, two hundred twenty bucks, two hundred nineteen dollars. A lot of green dots, guy. A lot of green dots. Download Warriors the are back in app. action. All that promo code ham. All right, uh, concerts, by the way, too. All right, uh, on to games, on to the weekend. Solid weekend, really solid weekend of games this weekend, college and NFL. If you're listening to this before Saturday, I'm actually kind of excited to see uh, Oregon-Colorado on Friday night, 
Oregon's a 21-point favorite. Um, I, I Really quick on that game, hmm. I, on the Three and Out podcast, I talked about coming into the season, it was clear. There were kind of two lead dogs, right? Tua, Herbert were viewed as like they were going to compete. Probably more than likely Tua was going to be the first quarterback. But Herbert was, wouldn't you say, pretty universally viewed as one of the top prospects. Mm-hmm. You know, as the yes. number two quarterback. Yep. I think Joe Burrow, that's where this these next couple weeks, like Herbert didn't play that well against Cal. Uh, now his stats don't look bad, but, you know, he needs to play a little bit better to hold this guy off. Now maybe Joe Burrow just gets embarrassed by Florida and Bama and Auburn. But I think play Joe Auburn Burrow... And- Three weeks. Yeah, so they play Florida this week. They play Auburn in three weeks. Then I think they get a bye. Then they play Bama. That You're looking at a guy that can, if he has some big games, can pass Herbert. I, that's something I'm keeping an eye on right now is Joe Burrow wasn't just some random transfer. Like, he came from Ohio State. He's been balling at LSU. I, I think there's some competition right now just for that number two quarterback spot. Yeah. Now, Herbert can just keep playing well, get them to the Pac-12 championship, get them to the Rose Bowl, and just keep holding serve. Yep. But I think Joe Burrow can like make a pretty big push. Pretty impressive because, I mean, he was the guy that transferred, and people – you just kind of assume when somebody leaves, you go, well, who – he must not be that good. I actually think the argument became better for him, too, once it's like, yeah, he left. The guy went 15th in the draft, you know? The guy was Passings, drafted really yeah. high yeah. and had one of the great – Ohio State passing seasons ever. The question is, would he be better off at, at Ohio State right now or better off at LSU? And you could argue for his college career, better chance to win a national title at Ohio State. But for his pro prospects, he's playing in the SEC. Yeah, I'd say maybe that I'd impresses that, people more. I'd say he's at the best spot. Would, would you say he definitely has the best ability of the three guys to jolt right past him? What if he just? What if they run the tape? What if they won the national championship? He outplays Tua. He beats Florida. He beats Auburn. He beats yeah. fucking Oklahoma, and he beats Ohio State. It's be pretty it's, wild. It would be insane. It would be nuts. But we do agree that it's not out of the realm of possibility that if they just don't, they are LSU, and he just plays well, they could win the whole thing, and he could be the number one overall pick in the draft. I saw a clip the other day on the internet of uh, he's six four. You know, he's which not is the like, only place I see anything. Uh, is he athletic? Yeah, he's a, move a dual, right? du- dual threader uh, of Ed Orgeron talking. Yeah, and I swear to God, I watched the clip nine times, and I had no idea what he said in the clip. <laughs> it was amazing. Like the idea that he wanted the like he you talk about getting lucky, like he wanted that SC job. Well, LSU is the fit for him. That's the place for Ed Orgeron, right? <laughs> Not USC, LSU. Yeah, he he's he's at his. If he could, you know, his dream job, like true, true dream job is the LSU. I almost called them Crimson Tigers, but <laughs> just the, the Tigers. tigers. Cr- Crimson Tide. Uh, speaking of colors, Red River Shootout is 9 a.m. for us in the Pacific time zone. And it's a good one because Oklahoma's 6, Texas is 11. Um, kind of pisses me off, honestly. 9 a.m. I usually, I usually go to spin class around 10. I'm, I might try to get to the gym at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. But, you know, if you want to take in football. You can't do 8 o'clock? I could, but the game kicks off at 9. I like to give myself a little buffer. They got TVs on the uh, little bikes? They, they, they do. They got TVs. That's true. Fox game. This is... Just to me, like, when I can actually have something to do while I'm at the gym. Like, yeah. 
Let's do a baseball game, game on uh, Thursday at the gym. Like that? What's well, cool in theory until they put it on MLB Network, and then you realize well, that I no just gym listened. in America I, I listened. Oklahoma, Texas, 10 and a half. That's a pretty big line, guy. This this rivalry feels pretty Texas. Texas plays even when Oklahoma's good, and Texas isn't. They play them pretty well. well. They, they beat them last year with Kyler Murray. I'm I'm interested. I've been getting a lot of DMs like, "What do you think of Ellinger? What do you think of Ellinger?" I'm like, "Well, honestly, I haven't really watched him that much. I watched him a little bit in this LSU game, but he is playing pretty well. Like this, this has enormous playoff implications because if Oklahoma loses this." It's going to be pretty difficult as long as some of these SEC teams, as long as the SEC has an undefeated team and a one-loss team, they might lose their seat at the dance. Because if you assume Ohio State's in, Clemson's in, the undefeated SEC team's in, the one-loss SEC team, whether that's LSU or Georgia, might would get the nod to me over Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's got to win this thing. I don't think Oklahoma has margin for error for a loss. Uh... Assuming that all these teams say one loss. Yeah, so you're saying let's say what you got you'd have like a one potentially you'd have a one loss Notre Dame a one loss Oregon, that would be interesting if you had three unbeaten's and four one loss teams and two of those, now the in that scenario you'd have two one loss conference champs, potentially right Oklahoma and Oregon you'd have Notre Dame with one loss it never works out this way, you'd have Notre Dame with one loss and you'd have a one loss SEC runner up. I think the SEC runner up if it's Georgia or LSU would get in. Yeah, because LSU's mm-hmm. wins at that point would be like Auburn, Florida. If their one loss was to Bama and Bama, they'd have ran like the three table. top twenty-five, top ten wins probably. What if what right. if there were two one-loss teams in the SEC, Georgia and LSU? I, I think they would both get the nod over any of those other teams. Yeah, Fair or then, not. then I then I think then I think a con- a Power Five conference champion, whichever it would be between. I don't think that if the if the SEC champ is one loss. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, the like, they got two runners up. Like, right, Georgia's has the one loss in the SEC championship game, and LSU didn't make the SEC championship game because oh, they right. lost to Bama. But yeah, they won I don't, their I other don't think all three – you're saying would all three of them get in? No, 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 no. I, I'm saying that the two one-loss teams would basically, basically compete, be competing for the last spot over all the other teams. Like, it'd be Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, then there'd be one spot. Well, that one spot, if there were two SEC one-loss teams in Georgia and LSU, I feel like they would have the best argument over those other teams you listed. Fair yeah. or not? No, I'm saying the team, the one-loss SEC that didn't make the title game would be behind the one-loss conference champions from the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and maybe even Notre Dame. I don't know. Dep- probably not Notre Dame. It depends, because Notre know. Dame lost to Georgia. But I don't. that team would not be ahead, I, w- I don't think. The one-loss team that did the not make the second one-loss team out of the okay. SEC. Well, yeah. then, so then you would just feel like Georgia would get in if they lost to Bama or LSU. Yeah, that's where I think like, what would make it complicated is what if it was Bama was the one-loss team and they had lost to LSU and LSU would run the table. Yeah, that, you haven't meant, Did you? Yeah, I, I, I would. I'm not saying it's impossible. I would be surprised if Oregon got in over Alabama and they both had one loss. And Oregon's uh, and, one and loss Oregon was, to, the, was the conference champ. And Oregon's loss was to Auburn and Alabama. Let's say beat Auburn. Had beaten Auburn, yeah. It could get complicated. Yeah. You think but, Oregon? I mean, you think Oregon has a shot to get into the playoffs? Uh, it would have to. I mean, there would have to be multiple. They I, need some losses. I think if they went out, which is seven regular season wins and a Pac-12 championship, so there's a long way to go. They'd have to win eight games. 
um, then they'll have a chance. Yeah, I mean that, that's not me predicting they'll be in, but I just think if you're a one-loss Pac-12 champ and you're them, because what, where was Washington State going into the Apple Cup? Were they eighth? Yeah. So that's Washington State without Oregon's brand awareness, without having played a game like Auburn, and that's not even before the conference title game or the Pac-12 championship. So you, if I tell you Washington State got to eight with a loss to USC before the season was even over, then Oregon with a loss to Auburn and a conference championship to me would be sixth at worst. And if you're sixth, you got a chance. You're in the you're in the could be helped out a lot by Auburn like upsetting either LSU could or Alabama. Be. Yeah, could that be. would help? Because Auburn just lost to Florida, right? Correct. So Auburn could kind of come back to earth a little bit. And also Florida could like now Florida's on their are they still on their third stringer this week? Or is oh, the other guy back? Not Felipe Franks, but uh, Justin Tarks or whatever. Yeah, that guy got. I thought the next guy got hurt. Did he? I thought I. I thought he came back into the game, but oh, I, okay. I was drinking. No, you might be. I didn't watch a ton of that game. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, oh, I'm rooting for Mississippi State at Tennessee this week, John. Not a lot of people care about that game. I'll tell you why. There's a radio host in Knoxville apparently that's said that he's going to live on the roof of a car dealership until Tennessee wins a football game. So I am all for dumb radio pranks having to continue beyond what the person who's doing them hopes. So uh, next week they play Alabama. So if they lose this week, that's two more weeks on the on the roof of uh, you know uh, Ben Davidson's Chevrolet. I think Tennessee's in some trouble, guy. I think Tennessee's in some real, real trouble. They had a TMZ video come out of a running back like a week ago. Yeah, I'm like threatening to kill cops. He, he they, apologized while still in the car, and they got kind of. He apologized <laughs> definitely after, like Jeremy Pruitt on the line, and he was yeah. saying like, "How do you feel about Jeremy Pruitt's uh, attempt to get him freed?" Uh, I mean, that's what do you think people say when they're trying to get people freed? Like everyone, but, like, but I, I mean believe. specifically that he said, I, we, "I never had this problem anywhere else." Yeah, I mean, I, I think it it sheds a light on that Alabama. The guy would have been released. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think his point is. We're, he's basically saying, we're Tennessee football, let the guy go. And if I was the cop, I'd go, hey, listen, Jeremy, you don't get to fucking lose to – who do you lose to, like, week one? Like, you don't get to lose all these games and still – Georgia, this guy uh, Georgia State, I think, right? Yeah, like, nobody. That's not the way it works. Alabama gets guys released because they win natties. I like – uh, You like Clemson to cover 27? Yeah, I mean, see, I th- those type games don't do anything for me. Like, no, I know. I just you, to me, it's crazy that Florida State's a twenty-seven point underdog. Oh, they're playing Florida State. Jesus, I would assume they were playing like uh, Boston College or something. <laughs> I, I I am a little interested because I do think the Big Ten with Penn State and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like Wisconsin plays Michigan State this week, who Ohio mm-hmm. State just kind of just handled pretty well. It, can Wisconsin throw their hat in the ring of like be a playoff team? Can Penn yeah, State? Was, yeah. Like I, is Michigan the fourth best team in that division? Might be or that conference, or is that is it? In fairness, that conference is really good. Like, are there could they have an argument when the season ends? Like, our top four is as good as the SEC's top four. I don't know if that's the case yet, but I I do think Wisconsin's really good, and I definitely think Penn State's really good. USC Notre Dame is always fun. You know, is is Clay a dead man walking? You know, they're coming off a bye. What's that? What's the line on that game? A couple touchdowns? 11. Slovis is back, right? Yep. Is he a lot better than the guy that he's replacing? I, I think he is, but you know Notre Dame secondary apparently is one of their strengths from what I've 
been told and what I've been reading. That game's at touchdown Jesus. It is. That's a tough game for Clay. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the game of the day, if beside Oklahoma Texas, which is probably what would you say second best rivalry in football behind Ohio State Michigan. I bet Auburn Alabama will probably throw their hat in the ring. I mean, it's yeah. it's a top three Those, or four. It's a top three or four rivalry. In theory, USC Notre Dame is one of the better ones when they're both humming. Remember how good yeah. that was in the Pete Carroll Charlie Weiss days. Mm-hmm. Florida LSU and back to Burrow. Yep. Florida's defense looks fantastic. If LSU beats them, the game's at night. Night CBS game. How badass is that? If Joe Burrow throws three or four touchdowns against Florida, I'm telling you, we're gonna start talk, start talking about this guy's top five pick. We already. You know, it's already, the first round buzz is already there, but this is when you kind of kind of stake your flag, right? What's everyone doing Saturday night at home, eating dinner, drinking beers, flipping on the game? Especially all the GMs, they're going to be peeking at this guy. They'll just be peeking at this game no matter what because they got probably 20 NFL players in the game. Like I saw DJ tweeted, Auburn has some defensive tackle. I think he's number five. He's like, typically I watch five or six games on a prospect. I watched one on the Auburn DT and I turned it off. Absolute freak. I mean, he's like a lock top six or seven pick, you know? Sometimes some of these guys in the SEC are like, holy shit. Like, you just needed like two highlights last year of Quinn and Williams. Like, yeah, this guy's going high. The SEC has more of those guys. We need to, we used to have a lot of those guys in like the Pete Carroll heyday. We need some more of those guys. My question is, why isn't everybody complaining about the eight o'clock kickoff? Is Louisiana Central Time or Eastern Time? I think it's Eastern. They Central. like it. They love night huh? games. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's 8 o'clock. I don't hear them bitching about it. Out here, it's like, well, well I don't want to do 9 a.m., but I don't want to do 8 p.m. either. Well, we're very we're, spoiled we, guy. That, like, that's got to be a 7 o'clock game, though. That's, that, there's no way that's an 8 o'clock game. Why they got to be on Central Time. I'm pretty sure they're – either one, I don't think they care. You put the game anytime well, I know they're they watching. Don't. We bitch a lot, and we like to have our cake and eat it, too. Like, you know, I don't love a 5-15 kickoff, but I don't want it to be 7-30. Could we get a, like, 6-26? And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I personally, because I They're work with TVs, could you make the baseball game? It doesn't matter, but I, I really want the other people to be able to watch. Could you make it a little later now for the retirement communities? We, we want it's, everything it's, to be perfect. They, I, I take it back. They're on Central Time there, so that's a 7 o'clock game there. We Yeah, that's... This is, I mean, we've had a pretty shitty last couple weeks. I think this is a pretty good slate. Like now, seven or eight of, games. Speaking that I of eight watch. o'clock games, Washington at Arizona. Washington's just coming off a loss. They got to feel like they, if Washington loses this game, they're out of the Pac-12 North chase. Arizona, John, is unbeaten in the in the in the league, two and zero. They haven't lost since week zero to Hawaii, which that loss doesn't look as bad because I think he's five and one, isn't he? Yeah, they, they've one. been really good. Their their loss is to Washington. Yeah, Hawaii's. And Arizona's in first place in the Pac-12 South just because Utah lost to SC already. So Khalil Tate just when you lose a, when you lose a Pac-12 game, but it's not like if you're like if ASU loses to Washington State, does that impact their ability to win the South? Yes, conference it does. Loss. So yeah. All conference loss, all conference games count as the same to win it's your just, division. It's just when you start getting into head-to-heads in the division, right? You all play each other. That's so a tiebreaker. Tiebreakers. Gotcha. So the Washington State, Arizona State, and Washington Arizona games are pretty big for the South. Yeah. So, uh, NFL games. Uh, I mean Texans Chiefs. That's a good I game. Guess. We get that. We get that Sunday morning. Chiefs are a four and a half point favorite. 
How about the Dolphins? What does it tell you if you're the... <laughs> I got to hope this game is a tie. I mean, this, John, we might be talking about the first pick, like the right to draft Tua comes down to this week, Dolphins-Redskins. I kind of feel teams. like... The, don't you kind of feel like the Dolphins are going to win? I saw a quote from Josh Rosen who said he feels like he just has 12 more games to try out for this team. I'm like, God, I kind of feel bad for the guy. You know, he gets kicked out of Arizona. Now he's try out. Yeah, it just sucks. I, I hope the Dolphins win. I really do. I, I can't. I want the Dolphins to win. Because you like them more? No, just because it just shows you in the NFL how hard it is a tank because these players aren't going to quit. Like, the Dolphins players are going to try. What if Rosen just throws for like three or four touchdowns and fucks up their ability to get the number one overall pick? That's what I'm rooting for. But they are going with Keenum, right? We talked about that. Yeah, so. they are. But I'm just saying, like, what if it's Case Keenum is the Dolphins can't beat Case Keenum? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Who's going to watch this game? If if you were a fan of the Redskins or Dolphins, why would you watch this game? Sam Darnold's back for mono. One thing I heard Coward say this morning, he said in defense of Gase, he had heard this. He thought Luke Falk was a joke. You know, like, why they were just going to wait till Sam Donald got back. They just ran the same plays over and over. Like they, their, their play, no one knows their playbook or just like the plays that they want to run for Sam. So they've just been running the same game plan every day. Or I mean like the last three or four games. Mm-hmm. So he thinks like, cause they're the game open at eight and a half. It's already been bet down to seven. The jets playing the Cowboys, which we also get that game. But I'm not sure. Like Sam Darnold's coming off a month off from from Mono. That's playing the Cowboys. Like that's that's a pretty tough comeback game. Yeah. I don't know if you can expect much of Sam Darnold in this situation. The Cowboys coming off back to back losses, going to be out for blood. They're not going to take you lightly because they've been screamed at. I'm sure all week about playing like shit. I would expect the Cowboys to beat their ass, wouldn't you? I wouldn't bet because everyone's like, I see value with the Jets. Like I don't. He's been getting all those first team reps. How about our Sunday night game? Ugh. That's pretty bad. Chargers, Steelers. McCaffrey, MVP push, 6.30 in the morning, kickoff against uh, in London. That's actually not a terrible the game. Bucks. McCaffrey, no, it's not terrible. I'll the look Bucks. Forward, I hope he, whatever he does, I hope he saves it for the second half. <laughs> I would agree. I wouldn't <laughs> mind like mid-third quarter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Eagles-Vikings, you mentioned that game. Saints-Jags, you mentioned that game. That's a fun one. Bengals Ravens no, fuck no. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good Saturday Sunday. Falcons Cards you mentioned that one terrible. Titans Broncos could the Broncos Awful. get to two and four? Uh, I kind of like Titans in that game. Uh, can you name the name of the Bronco Stadium? NRG no, that's no. Houston. Uh, Mile High, kind of, but what's the sponsor? I, I don't know. I I gun to my head, I couldn't have. Empower Field at Mile High Stadium. Yeah, I never would have got that. And then Monday Night Lions Packers. I like that. That's not a bad Monday Night game. I, I can do it. I, I can jam with this week. Raiders on a bye. Colts, Bears, Bills all on byes. Did you see uh, Luck was actually at the team facility the other day? I, I saw a photo of him. Omar Epps. He looks huge. He looks like he's gotten bigger. Didn't he look like a defensive end? He looked huge. He was massive. Now, the other thing you saw in that photo is Jacoby is huge. Massive. massive. Those guys are huge. But Luck, Jacoby's long, you know, like a quarterback. I bet he's 6'4", 6'5", or whatever. How filled out was was Luck just wearing a small shirt? His arms looked enormous. 
He right now is bigger than Joe Thomas. For sure. It, if you just eyeballed Luck, how much would you say he weighs? 245? Yeah. I mean, he looks like a rock. God damn. Andrew, what have you been doing? To me, when he comes back, like he ain't coming back to pick up like an HR check. I feel like he probably might miss it a little bit. HR check. <laughs> or whatever. Like, what's he coming back for? Just to hang with the guys? What, you, you, see Gron- you see Gronk on Fox? Speaking of guys hanging around, their former teams. I saw it for a minute. I mean, I... You see what he said about Kittle? Is that what he was saying about Kittle, or are you just cutting it up saying that that's what? No, he said that about Kittle. Uh, I saw, I met him. I could tell he likes lifting weights. He likes being strong. Oh, they were just asking him questions about different guys. No, they specifically they they were giving him a soft landing, and they was like, "What do you think of George Kittle?" And he said, "See, he loves lifting weights. He loves being strong." Loves lifting weights. He loves being strong. See, he loves lifting weights. He loves being strong. Doesn't Gronk look a little skinnier to you? Yeah, you don't he, think he'll be ready to come back and play? Well, I, I, I did read something that like if he came back, they wouldn't depend on him to block as much. They would want him to come back more to be a like they, they need some catches. <laughs> they can't depend on uh, Uncle Cracker, whoever that guy is, to catch all their balls, aka Danny Amendola. <laughs> they're they're gonna need Gronk. I feel like it's 50-50 he might just show up like December just for the playoff push. They yeah. would welcome him back. I mean, guy, Brady had six – he had like three quarterback sneaks last night. Two of them were touchdowns. I saw him this morning on social media. He said he was thinking about leading the league in rushing. Six carries, six yards, two How about touchdowns. next time he throws a pick, he hits the ground? How about that, huh? I thought he got a little bold going after him. Like, Tom, well, they're going to fucking come for your head. Did it cross his mind? Like, this will be a sweet Instagram post. That's what I thought. This is for the Instagram post. I think it was kind of instincts, and the guy was just coming to his side. You are on film, so you don't want to look like a total pussy. Nobody thinks you're a bitch if you just fall, go the other way. Then, when they threw the flag, and it took him like 15 times to get the replay, it looked like, did Tom just get, they just threw a penalty on that guy touching Tom, and it turns out the guy like, Ten seconds later, like attack some guy. Hit out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Just take out his legs. Honestly, would Tom get any shit if he just ran to the other sideline? No, I'm. I am. (laughs) Just go down. I agree. Go down. Game lunch. All right. On that note, this has been the fifth, uh, fourth pot of the week. Go if you didn't get the other one. Go get the other one. Promo code Ham. Holler at your boys. Keep them coming. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.